Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode. I'm Father Roderick. And this is my weekly show in which we're going to talk about a lot of things. I need to talk a little bit about uh, what's next for Disney Plus, at least here in Europe. And, uh, oh, way too much to, uh, to mention here in the intro. This episode is brought to you thanks to my wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash fatheroderick. You know who you are. If you're not part of that community yet and you have a dime to spare, check it out. You'll get access to a special podcast that I record every week that is very similar to this one, but with completely different topics. So if you're interested in food, in the secrets of Catholic liturgy, if you want to hear my comic book reviews, you want to hear me talk about video games that I play, uh, and so much more, then uh, check it out. Uh, it's Father Roderick on on uh, on Patreon. Plus, you get access to the Discord server, and that's also a lot of fun. So it's a vibrant community, and I'm so happy that all of them are here. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Still in lockdown here in the Netherlands. Maybe it's the same where you live. Um, the new variants of the virus are slowly starting to spread and everybody expects them to take over the old version of the virus. Anyway, inoculations have started or vac vaccination has started, but it's not going very, very fast. So I just received the word that one of my favorite fantasy festivals in the month of May has been canceled. <laughs> There's only going to be one of those festivals in September because obviously, you know, from the looks of it, by the month of May, we will still be in this corona crisis and, and it will still be too dangerous to get together. Will this never end? Oh, well. Hoping for the best. Hoping that sometime in the future we'll look back on this time and we'll tell each other stories about you know, how miserable we all were and how much we should appreciate what we have right now and that these young people nowadays, they don't, they all take it for granted. If they had lived through this crisis like we, then they would be so much more grateful for these things. Oh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, I do have some good news. I have finally made another step forward in my recovery. I'll talk a little bit more about that in my show, The Walk. Uh, which you can find on fatheroderick.com. But um, it's um, I, I had my last session of physical therapy last week, and uh, my physical therapist has told me, I think we're done. I think you're good to go. I'm not fully recovered yet, but I have all the tools and I've learned everything I need to learn to continue my recovery by myself. That was a big step. And it is, I do feel better. Uh, I have more energy, I recover more quickly, so there are lots of signs that I'm finally, <laughs> I, I, I almost don't dare to say it, I don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> it's, I'm finally getting to the next phase of my recovery and I couldn't be happier. So um, even though it was a very busy week, I've been um, finishing the third episode of my China documentary, which was wonderful to work on, but a ton of work. I didn't know another all-nighter. I've been doing this three weeks in a row. So every time my deadline is like on Wednesday, actually on Thursday morning, that's when they do the final edit. Um, so it has to be on the servers of the broadcasting company before they start doing the final cut. And so for three weeks in a row, I just 
couldn't finish it because I'm still not working at my old pace. Maybe that's a good thing because I was working too hard. Um, but then the deadline is a deadline. So I, I worked all night long. Like I, I uploaded the thing at 6.30 in the morning. No, even later at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, but it is, I think, uh, a sign of my recovery that even though I was a little bit more tired on Friday and on Saturday, today I'm feeling quite all right. Normally it would have taken take me probably more than a week to recover from something like that. So yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're that the worst is behind me. And I you know, the sun is shining while I'm recording this. Skies are blue. We're still in the middle of winter, but there is light on the horizon and I couldn't be happier. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. So last week, a trailer came out for a movie that I didn't even know was coming. (laughs) But wow, it was an amazing trailer. I got very excited about it. It was the trailer for Kong vs. Godzilla. So these two monsters, and they they each have their own franchises, long, long, long long-lasting franchises. (laughs) Their earliest adventures were told in black and white with stop motion and everything. And now, look at this. They're they're together in this, this huge like blockbuster uh, type of movie, um, they're finally meeting each other. And, you know, the fans of these, you know, big monster movies, and I'm one of them, I have to, it's one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> they, they have waited, they've waited so long to see these two together in the same story. So apparently they share the same universe, which is pretty cool. And the only thing that I was a little bit surprised why was like how can Godzilla fight King Kong whereas King Kong is like the size of you know in height gets to the knee of Godzilla they're not comparable but apparently King Kong of course is so big because of radiation and I guess that in the previous you know decades he's been soaking up a lot of that radiation and has grown a ton bigger and now he's the same size as godzilla and they get to fight each other and the trailer showed it now i know that this is not for everyone and maybe you were surprised to see my reaction video on youtube thinking like we knew he was a star wars priest but but really godzilla versus king kong seriously but yes, seriously, I, I, I've been a fan of, of King Kong ever since I, I, I read the comic of the, I think the movies was, movie was made in the 70s. Um, was, I think it was, right? There was this big blockbuster King Kong movie, and I had the comic. I never saw the movie as a child, but I had the comic book. And I loved that story. It was so cool and so scary. And then, you know, you've got the finale where he's climbing the Empire State Building and you see the airplanes attacking him and then he falls down and dies. And it was all so sad. And it's it's so funny that um, I was mesmerized by that story. And I, I, I only saw the movie many, many years later. Um, and Godzilla, for me, was completely unknown. I, I never really heard about it until that movie in, I think it was in the 90s, came out with Matthew Broderick. 
And it's, according to the fans of Godzilla, one of the worst, the one of the worst movies with Godzilla ever made. But for me, it was my introduction to the world of Godzilla. So that, that movie, it was right after, I think, uh, the first Jurassic Park movie, and they used CGI for, you know, for, for Godzilla and also for some of the, there are some velociraptors in there for whatever reason. And, uh, and I love that movie. I still love it. I don't know. I, it's, it's just one of those nostalgia movies where I was completely blown away because I'd never heard of Godzilla. And I, I thought the concept was so cool, like this big dinosaur-like monster that destroys a city. Awesome. And uh, so when I heard that there, there's actually, there is a version of this story in black and white that you can see on YouTube. Just search for Godzilla versus King Kong and you'll, you'll probably find it. I'm not sure if it's legally up, uploaded, but anyway. But that's made in the 50s and it's in black and white and it doesn't look very good. So now there's this big new movie coming in March to both do theaters, for whatever it's worth, because in my country, all the movie theaters are closed, and I think in other, you know, even in North America, only a few of these theaters are open, so that's not going to generate a, lo a lot of uh, revenue for them. But they're also going to premiere this on HBO Max, which is another channel that we don't really have access to here in, in Holland. Um, so they're going to do one of those, you know, theater plus online premieres, which I think will probably be the norm for maybe for years to come. And um, so it's coming out in March, earlier than, than, than I thought uh, it would be. Uh, so that's a nice change from all these movies that have been postponed. Did you hear that they, they postponed uh, the new Ghostbusters movie once again? Uh, yeah, really? And by the time the movie comes out, all these uh, children that play in it are going to be like old people. <laughs> anyway... Um, and in this movie, the storylines that we saw in that there are two newer Godzilla movies that came out. Uh, one was, I think, was 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 written and directed by the same guy who did Rogue One. Uh, Ed, what's his name? Edward. Edward. Edward uh, what's his name again? Let me look that up real quick. Uh, Edwards. Uh, Rogue One. I mean, he wrote the script for Rogue One, and I think he, he um, directed part of uh, Gareth Edwards. That, that Gareth Edwards, um, and and it was I think he was asked for Rogue One on because they loved uh, his um, his first Godzilla movie so much. Um, and did I now? I'm starting to wonder if that really came out before Rogue One. I think it did. Just look that up real quickly. Filmography. Filmography. Home. Oh, visual effects. Ah, okay. So he actually was also special. Yeah, Godzilla came out in 2014. Rogue One in 2016. So that's probably why he got the the job. And uh, and then he, before Godzilla, he made Monsters, which is actually a, a, an underrated movie. That's from 2010. If you've never seen it, that is quite a great movie. It's actually already kind of a little bit like Godzilla, um, but made on a shoestring budget. And if you see how well-crafted it is, I'm not surprised that uh, Lucasfilm hired him for... Uh, uh, for for Rogue One, but the 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 last Rogue One went through a lot of development trouble, so they rewrote almost the entire last part of the movie, 
and it was even not even directed by him. So, uh, but anyway, they made a sequel to um, to Godzilla. Um, I think three years ago, Godzilla the God. I think it's called the God of Monsters. And so I'm st- I'm currently rewatching the first Godzilla by Gareth Edwards, and then um, I'm going to watch the other one, which I've never seen. And then I also still have to watch King Kong. Uh, what was it? Island of Skulls or something? Skull Island, because that apparently is is the lead up to this movie in which they fight together, and uh, it's it's a little bit hard to to understand from the trailer, which by the way looks amazing, uh, what the what story is going to be. But apparently there's there's going to be another monster, and it's going to be like a mechanical version of Godzilla. Um, and there is a glimpse of it in in the, the very first few shots of the of the trailer. So a lot of people are speculating about what, you know, maybe because of course you you get like 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 in any uh, movie that pitches two heroes together. In this case, these two monsters are in fact heroes. There you have Team Godzilla, you've got Team King Kong, and you've got fans of both monsters. And of course, if they fight, you don't want one of those groups to kind of lose from the other group. You don't want your favorite monster to lose from the other monster. So what do you do? You create a third monster that will then be the ultimate enemy and these other two monsters that were fighting each other, they now have to join forces to finally rid the Earth of that third thread. uh, uh, thread. This, of course, is is, um, also what what happens in a lot of other stories like... um, uh, the uh, what is it the, the war between the various Avengers Infinity War uh, of course they finally have to get together after all this combat to fight a greater enemy and um, the same is true for um, the Justice League in the in that movie which by the way is coming out also on HBO the new Schneider cut so Schneider was the original director. And then he had a tragic loss uh, in his family. He had to step out of the project, project and Joss Whedon took over, who was, of course, working more in the Marvel Universe, made kind of like a bit of a Marvel version based on what he had to work with. It didn't really turn out that, that great. So it wasn't a very big success among the DC fans. And now Schneider, a few years later, has recut the movie um, and apparently the story is going to be quite different. But in, in the uh, the current version of the Justice League, you, you also have that same idea that you've got some of the members of the Justice League fighting Superman who's turned evil and dark and whatnot. And then, of course, ultimately, they end up fighting together a bigger enemy. Um, it did, I, I think that in, in Justice League, they, did not, they didn't do it that well compared to, to Avengers. Um, but... Maybe the Schneider Cut will uh, will salvage uh, that story. I'm I'm personally eager to see it. Uh, that will I think not be in theaters, just online on HBO. Anyway, uh, it's gonna be great. I I, I like my popcorn mo- movies, and as I said, uh, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Uh, this is not gonna have very deep mythical storylines, but <laughs> but it's still it looks great. It looks great. Um, what else? There is quite big news coming from Disney. Of course, many of us have subscribed to Disney Plus because of uh, the, the Mandalorian and other Star Wars content and also because of Marvel. Um, but 
as you know, Disney also owns uh, the Fox catalog, and uh, 20, 20th Century Fox, as well as some other franchises that are actually not really Disney material. Disney always is very protective of its family-friendly nature, and so... Um, they're sometimes maybe a little bit overprotective. Like everything on Disney Plus is very curated. You will never hear people like swear in a in a Marvel movie. Um, and, and they're now even. Um, I, I heard that that's because of some of these Disney old Disney animated movies had some elements in it. Of course, part of the culture at that time, uh, but that are now judged to be racist, and so apparently Disney is 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 now hiding so, some of these movies, among which Dumbo, from kids. So if you log in as a kid in in Disney Plus, you won't you won't be able to play Dumbo. Uh, maybe even Pinocchio. I'm not sure. Uh, interesting. Hey, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, the Price is Right review posted it. Fun request for you to react and review from a minister's point of view. The Chosen, a very popular series I believe you'll love. I've heard about The Chosen. I have not watched it yet. I think it's this is about Jesus, right? And you can watch it for free. I have an app, actually, which I have downloaded. I'm not sure if we're talking about the same, but let me look that up real quick. Yeah, it's The Chosen. I've got it here. So it's an app. It's from Vidangel Original, Original, and apparently it's it's got one of the best film Jesus's Jesus's film, <laughs> one of the best versions of Jesus that people have ever seen. Um, so there's an intro here, which I'm gonna skip. Yeah, and so all the episodes are here. You can see how many people are watching this. They want a billion people to watch this series. Currently. 82 million views, and it's going upwards. So you've got episode one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, until eight. Oh, and they're trying to fund another season. So Oh, so this is like a crowdfunding thing. Interesting. They've already raised $1,148,000 for season three. That's quite amazing. I think the concept is very uh, innovative to to give people access for free and then get get them excited and then um, and then raise money to in order to finish it. That is a nice business concept. Interesting. So um, as soon as I've seen it, I will do a review here. Absolutely. Thanks for reminding me because I installed the app, but for some reason never really uh, got got around to seeing it. Um, so Disney has also uh, franchises that they would like to share with us. Well, like they'd, they'd like to make more money <laughs> off of us. It's a it's a business, and they had already announced that they would ra- raise the price, the monthly price, um, a few a few bucks per month. Now you want to have something in return, so apparently they're gonna give us a lot of that in under a new branding, which is separate from Disney Plus. It's gonna be called St- Disney Star, I think. And this is only for uh, countries that are not North America. So apparently a lot of the content that are going to put under the, under the title of Star is already available to North American viewers on Hulu, which I think is also owned at least partially by, by Disney. So um, there, I, I came, came across a list of the lineup that we as Disney Plus subscribers will get access to on February 23rd. And I was stunned to see how much 
how much we get for well a little bit more per month but and this is this is really good stuff the the problem that i have with uh, with netflix is i'm a fan of a few series on netflix oh i got to talk about lupin Lupin, actually. I'm thinking of Lupin from, from Harry Potter. It's a, it's a French series. Let me briefly do that as, as an aside. So I saw that, that a French TV series was trending, not only on Netflix in the Netherlands, and we're kind of close to, to France, of course, but worldwide. People were raving about this. So I started watching the first episode, and I was blown away. This is so cool. If you like stories like uh, uh, heist movies, you know, Ocean's Eleven, that sort of stuff, this is a French version, but it's much better than, than any of those movies. But this is also about a relationship between a master thief and his now deceased father, and he slowly, gradually starts to discover the the past of his father and parts of the aspects of his father that he wasn't aware of but it's so well executed and it's all filmed in paris the first episode so you got these amazing locations like they filmed in the louvre in the louvre this is not a digital set this is really filmed on location and you know that maybe have been one of the benefits of this lockdown and the corona times because of course the museums have been closed for months so this may have been <laughs> perfect occasion to film inside a place where normally you would never be able to do that because of security and visitors and whatnot so um i love the acting it's very french so it's it i think it's a great compliment for the makers that this went viral and became trending all over the world it shows that a good story really doesn't doesn't care about languages because the, everything is in french it's this is not dubbed <laughs> you have to read subtitles but it's so good that, you know, go through the effort, go watch it, Lupin. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, so uh, the problem is with Netflix, like there is 5% of the stuff that I actually watch and then 95% I couldn't really care less. And it's, I, oftentimes I go to Netflix and I browse and I'm like, eh, let me switch to Disney Plus or let me switch to Amazon Prime. Um, and that's actually a bit of a shame because I'm still paying a monthly fee for that. Now, Disney... It's going to bring us a whole lot of other stuff. There's a huge list here. Um, but I've, I've um, circled the, the series and movies that I'm looking forward to watching again now that Disney's going to bring them to us. Uh, Alias. Love that series. I've only watched like the first three, episodes, three seasons because I, got them, I bought them on DVD. Uh, but I never saw how the story ended. But I'm eager to rewatch it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, I do have Buffy the Vampire Slayer on DVD, but it's kind of the old version. They did like a remaster, which was eh, not always the best quality. Um, but they did, it's higher resolution. I think they made a ton of mistakes with framing and color correction. But it's still, you know, it's widescreen and it looks amazing. Whereas I think the DVD version that I have is, is I think it's 4 by 3 Oh, speaking of remasters... I'm really uh, jumping from all over the place. Um, to my great surprise, Warner came out with a remaster of of Babylon 5. Nobody knew that this was coming. Not even Straczynski, who created it. So they went back and they re-sampled or re-scanned all the film negatives. And they they scanned it in 4K. Now, the issue with Babylon 5 it has always been 
Um, and I've even had like a sh short, well, sound that sounds very pretentious. I had a conversation with Straczynski. <laughs> I was tweeting about this. I wrote an, a blog post years ago. But why don't we get Babylon 5 on, on Blu-ray? This is so good. This series deserves to have a high-resolution version. And he responded to me on Twitter saying, that's not going to happen because, and then uh, he gave me some pointers, and I read up on it. It turns out that uh, even though everything was shot on film, the special effects were not. And the special effects have been uh, created uh, on a very, very low budget. And it was, they, the special effects were made with a, with an uh, an Atari no an Amiga computer an Amiga was was a game computer like the Commodore sixty four like the spoiled kids would get an Amiga the Amiga had fantastic graphics so they they rendered everything on a basically on a consumer grade computer on very low resolution because they didn't have the money to you know create high resolution versions they lost all that stuff so the only thing we have in terms of effects are these very low-grade, low-quality special effects. And I think they're even in 4x3 because the entire series was, back then, uh, uh, published as a four by, in a 4x3 format, just like, like Star Trek Next Generation, even though it was filmed in widescreen. So special effects, in order to make that widescreen, you would have to blow up an already very low-grade... I think this was SD, it wasn't even HD. They even had to stretch that. It looks... The, on the DVD version, the special effects look horrible. Now, this was, of course, all before all these algorithms that were so good at upscaling. There's a lot of machine learning nowadays that you can, you can do. So even with low-grade, low-resolution graphics, if, if you scale that up now with our software, it already looks a ton better than what we could do five years ago. So that's what Warner has been doing. They've been rescanning everything, also upscaling these special effects compositing everything together, color correction, and it's now premiering on HBO. And Straczynski has just watched an episode. He was posting about it on, uh, I think, on Facebook. And he's like, I was re-watching it, and now, oh my gosh, it looks so good. <laughs> it's so much crisper. And I saw it like a before and after video on, on, on YouTube, and I was blown away. I was like, now I really want to watch it again. The only thing is, it, they brought it in its original... Uh, uh, dimension, so it's four by three. It's not widescreen, so you lose a little bit from the sides. However, the show was was yes, it was filmed with widescreen uh, film, but they were always filming it with the four by three aspect ratio already, as the they knew that that the action had to take place within four by three. I think it looks amazing. It looks so much better than the DVD version. Um, and I hope it's this is good enough for for um, for Blu-ray, and it's quite stunning that that they did not talk with Straczynski. I was like, Warner is in that respect a very strange company. They they always seem to kind of miss the mark with involvement. If you would involve Straczynski, just pay him something. Imagine the publicity that it would give. And, and kind of the seal of approval that it would give to that remaster. So it would bring so many, many people to that series. Instead, they don't do that. The same thing, that, and um, Godzilla versus King Kong, same thing. You've got that trailer. I record a, um, like a reaction video. That is the best PR that you can get. Like people raving about a film trailer. Now, normally with Lucasfilm, I do that. I post it. Not a problem. I can even monetize it. Here... 
the moment I upload it, I get a copyright message. Like, this is owned by Warner Brothers, and uh, yeah, you will not get a strike, but all the proceeds and all the advertisements, are it's all for Warner. I'm thinking, how dumb can you be? Of course it's your, it's your you, you own this, and you own the copyrights. But you're going to really frustrate a lot of YouTubers like me who are helping you promote this movie. For what reason? What kind of money do you make on a few advertisements on YouTube? Come on! Like, I, I think Lucasfilm, uh, uh, Disney has a better... They were terrible with copyrights in the past as well, but I think they've learned over time that you don't want to rub the fans the wrong way, and you got to give us, give us some slack here. Warner is a weird company. They always do these strange things. Some... Like, why not involve... Like, what's, what they did with the Snyder Cut on HBO, getting all these fans excited, we're finally going to see the Justice League that we deserved. They could have done the same with Straczynski. They could have done what, what, what Peter Jackson is doing now for the 4K version of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Just the fact that he's been sitting there. Even though, you know, that, that release is not that good. The 4K is upscaled. Um, the color correction is mm, debatable. Uh, they did a lot of digital noise reduction, so I'm not even sure if the if the Lord of the Rings that we get now on 4K is actually the best that you can get. But anyway, the fact that Peter Jackson was there and he was involved in the project will that will sell <laughs> this version anyway. Ah, but let's not complain. I'm super excited that Babylon Five is back and that a new generation can discover this wonderful series uh, it, it's sad that so many people from the original cast have already died um, but at the same time what a wonderful legacy they left behind back to the list of things that we get access to now i'm just gonna highlight a few castle that's another series that i have never watched but i'm excited because it features of course uh, an actor, the main actor, is the main actor from Firefly, which will also be available. Now, this is, of course, going to be the 4K version of Firefly, which I don't have. I only have the DVD. So that's going to be another excuse to rewatch Firefly for the hundredth time. Lost is going to be there because, of course, ABC, also owned by Disney. The X-Files, currently still on Amazon Prime here in the Netherlands, but it's going to be uh, available on Star as well. 24 another great series. Um, and then this is only like 1% of, of uh, the TV series. Uh, movies, Arachnophobia. I hope that that is like also an, kind of an upgraded version um, with even more scarier spiders maybe. Uh, Braveheart. I haven't seen that movie for years. Freedom! Crimson Tide. Love that I love submarine movies. Uh, and then, this is very weird, they've got all the Die Hard movies, except for Die Hard 1, the first one. It's not there. Where is it? <laughs> How can you not have Die Hard, the Christmas movie? And yes, it is a Christmas movie. Oh, well, maybe it's some kind of um, copyright thing. Um, Good Morning Vietnam, that's another way. Uh, another another uh, <laughs> uh, movie that I haven't seen in a long, long time with Robin Williams in one of his earlier roles. I remember it to be like incredibly impressive and super funny. Hitchcock, which is a, a, a more of a recent movie about the life of, of Hitchcock, 
Um, a little bit romanticized, but still apparently very good. Independence Day, another guilty pleasure. I love these disaster movies. And even the Independence Day resurgence, which was not as good as Independence Day, but still, hey, it's it's got aliens. <laughs> the Maze Runner, but only the Maze Runner, the first one. Why not the other movies? I haven't seen the rest of the series. Uh, Office Space, another classic one. Planet of the Apes, both the 68 version and the 2001 version. Quiz Show, um, which is apparently based on a real, on a true story, where there's a show on TV and then it's actually all rigged. Uh, Romancing the Stone, remember that? that was, Romancing the Stone was, a, was an adventure movie that wanted to emulate what Spielberg did with uh, the Indiana Jones movies. Um I th I remember I have fond memories of that movie, but I have not seen it for decades. Starship Troopers. Uh, that's another weird, weird science fiction movie, but still, I don't know. There's something about that story that is really great and different. And Paul Verhoeven, Dutch uh, director. Uh, yeah, it's not for kids, but it is interesting. And then the the two X Files movies. Uh, the Water Boy, The Village, um, yeah, so many Titan A, A uh, Titan A E. I think that wasn't like an wasn't that the animated uh, movie, uh, but kind of like a science fiction story. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, lots of great things to look forward to. I've been going on for way too long. Uh, final bit of information or like an opinion I want to share with you. I Yesterday, I finally saw the fir the last episode of uh, the most recent season of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't really... Didn't really work for me. It's, 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 it's one of the few Star Trek series that I think has gotten worse over time, and this, this season was particularly bad. The writing was so disappointing, and I don't know what they what they want with this series, it just doesn't feel like Star Trek to me anymore. And it's way too... Well, it's something I've complained about uh, enough, probably, but I feel like this is more kind of trying to follow the trends, but it's all so over the top, and it's just bad writing, let's put it that way. And I, I don't think it, this is going to last long in in the memory of fans i i no no well, anyway if you want to hear uh, even more uh, uh, well thought out criticism of star trek discovery go listen to um secrets of star trek on sqpn um especially jimmy aiken who normally is actually quite upbeat and always positive about things but he uh, he destroys the the writing in star trek discovery it is certain so it has really been comforting to kind of listen to his criticism of like okay now yes you see i'm not crazy this is really not good <laughs> anyway uh let's hope that uh picard season two is going to be better <laughs> Catholics rock! Here at the Peculiar Bunch, we're always happy to tell you everything you always wanted to know about Catholics and their wacky faith, but you were afraid to ask. 
Chocolates can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? And while I'm playing this jingle, Dustin wants me to do a shout-out for his lovely Faith Matthews. It would mean a lot. Well, here you go. <laughs> That's my shout-out. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. By the way, Star Trek Lower Decks is actually a lot of fun. It's on uh, on Prime, and I that surprised me in totally the opposite direction. I did not expect that to be any good. And it's actually quite funny, and it is. It feels more like Star Trek than Discovery, uh, to be honest. Um, Faith, I receive uh, oftentimes questions from followers. Sometimes it's in a private email. Sometimes people share it on the Discord server, or they'll post it underneath a, uh, uh, one of my Facebook posts, or even while I'm recording a show, like now. And people would, you know, chat amongst each other in a chat. And sometimes these are questions about Catholic faith or liturgy. Sometimes also very existential uh, uh, questions. And so I received a question from one of my followers. I won't, you know, uh, personalize it too much. Uh, about, you know, I don't know what's happening to me. What's the question or the, the, the email? But I think I'm losing my faith. I don't know. I don't know why. But it, 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 I, I have such a hard time holding on to my faith. It feels like it's slipping from my fingers. What is happening? And what do I do? Um... And and this is this is by absolutely not the first time that someone shares uh, such a feeling with me. And uh, I, I wanted to briefly react to this because this may be something that you've gone through yourself, or maybe you are struggling with this right now, or maybe that this will happen in the future. Um, and the first thing I want to say is this is not. This is not strange. This is not weird. This is, in a way, nothing to worry about. Um, because it's it's actually something that many people experience. Uh, f- faith is something that many of us have uh, been acquainted with through their education. Uh, we were baptized by our parents, and you know, we, they brought us to church. Maybe we've been in a Christian school. Uh, some of you and some of us have been uh, baptized on a, you know, uh, when they were already adults. Later age, kind of more consciously made that conversion. Um, and so, and 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 some and some people are just still kind of like sniffing around, and 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 they have maybe not even an intention to uh, to uh, to convert or to embrace the faith, but. Um, these moments of where you feel like something that I've always held dear and that was so important, and maybe at one point in my life I, I chose to embrace, I, I can't really, I, I can't, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's gone. The feeling is gone, my conviction is gone, I've started to doubt. Uh, um, it, it doesn't mean that much to me anymore. Like I, I feel like I'm different now. What to do? Well, the fact that you are different from who you were, that's part of life. We grow up. We evolve. Our, our, we learn. We discover. And that process of change can also uh, make us reevaluate the things that we, that we once believed very firmly. And I think before 
we have a moral stance on that, you know, but, but you shouldn't lose your faith and you should, you know, this is evil or whatever. First thing you always have to do is like, this is part of who I am. This is part of my journey. Um, and this is not something that I want. I mean, I, I can hear the question behind it. It's like, but I don't want to lose my faith, but it's happening. What, first of all, so if, if you don't want it, then who can blame you for, for what you're... Maybe you shouldn't be too hard on yourself, but always think of yourself as someone who is constantly evolving and learning. The great thing is, from a perspective of faith, this is essential. This is absolutely essential. If you look at the Bible stories, in all these, all these stories, and, and this is like generations, in a many, many, many of these stories, you see the same thing happening. You see, it starts off faithful and trusting and relying on God. And then something happens that puts everything in jeopardy. And sometimes it's salvaged and it repairs itself. And, you know, everybody lives happily ever after. Sometimes not. Sometimes it just really does not come back. And the fact that it, this, this is part of the Bible stories, I'm going to give you some examples. Adam and Eve. That started off so good, so well. That was, you cannot imagine a more perfect world than what they were living in, in paradise. And yet, at one point in their lives, they got the most, the gravest crisis of faith that you can imagine. They rebel against God. They don't want to rely on him anymore. And, and they fall from grace. And, you know, we don't know exactly how they ended up. We do a little bit about <laughs> But... Um, it's so important that that is part of the narrative of the Bible. Failure. Um, losing contact with God. And this is before, you know, any moral judgment about it, which, of course, Genesis actually has. It's like, well, it was a deliberate choice. But then there is something else sometimes going on, like, for instance, in the story of, of Moses, who leads his people into the desert. They come from a horrible place, slavery, and then God helps them, and at first they're enthusiastic, and everybody follows Moses. And then uh, the longer the voyage takes, and of course the whole journey through the desert is kind of like a metaphor, I think, of, of our lives. The longer it takes, the harder it becomes to constantly make that new leap of faith and to keep trusting and so at one point, a lot of people lose faith in God. And, and Moses comes down from the mountain and he's like, what? Guys, come on. <laughs> a golden calf? Really? <laughs> Here, God gives you these, these commandments. Do this and you, you shall live. And, you know, this is time and again. You see it even with uh, the apostles themselves. You can say they walk with Jesus. But what happens at one point? They start doubting. Even when, when there's still nothing going on, they're not in Jerusalem yet, and they, they, they don't get it, and they start fighting about the little stuff, and, and Jesus has to intervene and correct them, and sometimes maybe even kind of tutor them. Um, but then in, in Jerusalem, when Jesus gets captured, even the one of who Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you, you're the rock, well, he's not much of a rock there. He loses faith, and he uh, he lies, uh, says, he, I don't know Jesus. 
That is a description of the crisis of faith. I, I, I've lost it. I've lost it. The thing is, what all these stories time and again stress is you may lose God at one point or another, and sometimes that's by your own choice, and sometimes it's just something that happens. But God never gives up on you. He doesn't. You may lose him, but he never loses you. And so in these biblical stories, there's always, God always ends up finding people back. And so there's this conversation after the resurrection where Jesus speaks with, with, with Peter. And he asks Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I like you. Do you love me? Sure, no, you know what? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Do you love me? Three times, and then Peter is like, okay, I see what you're asking here. And then there is, there is reconciliation. And so, um, I I've always find those stories comforting, and I I've had my my share of crises as well, where there were times in my life where I went through really really difficult times as a priest, and I was like, God, I don't know anymore what to believe. I don't know if I'm still doing Your will. I don't like. It seems like the universe has turned against me, and and it's so hard in those moments to trust. And you start to doubt. It's like, but maybe I'm just imagining everything. Maybe, maybe there is no bigger plan. Maybe this is just happening, and I'm just making up a story in my mind. And you get doubts like that. I'm not the only one who has doubts like that. Even even great saints have gone through those you know dark nights. What I think is the best way to deal with this is first of all, don't blame yourself. If you did nothing to bring that about, you're not to blame. You are changing, and maybe that will temporarily change your your footing, your your idea of who God is and about faith in general and but it doesn't you still will you will also change from that right that is a time in your life but it it doesn't fixate you in this time there is also growth possible back in the direction of god and if you don't make that turn then god will do that <laughs> he he will he will never if you don't want to lose faith that, that's also something to remind to remember if you don't want to lose faith, tell God. Tell him I'm losing you. I don't want to. It's, it's, if faith is a relationship in its core, you can say that. You can actually tell God that I'm losing faith in you. Help. I don't want this. I was nice and comfortable in this faith. Don't leave me now. And I believe that even though rationally, intellectually, maybe you tell yourself, but I'm just making this up. I'm just talking to myself. I'm clinging on to something that I don't really can't believe in anymore. Trust the process. Just every prayer, even if it's a prayer in doubt and confusion, is still a prayer that God hears. And knock and you shall be opened. Ask and you shall be given. Pray and God will hear that prayer and it will do something. Maybe not right away, but you can never really look ahead. You can only look back. So in a, in a moment of crisis, I would, I would always, uh, my advice would be keep calm, drink a cup of tea, 
<laughs> express your worries, even if you think that I'm praying now, but maybe this is just happening in my mind. Well, you know, you got nothing to lose. You know, say that prayer hypothetically. You know, if there is if there is a God somewhere, even though <laughs> currently I have a hard time believing that, you know what, maybe he can still do something. Like it's, again, you've got nothing to lose. And, and then just stay calm. Always keep looking for the truth, of course. You always like ask yourself, what, so what exactly am I doubting? And then uh, try to go to the core of that question. Where does this come from? And find answers. Talk to other people. Get some spiritual advice. Maybe even some spiritual guidance. Not to uh, reinforce something that you don't believe in anymore. But it's, it's never bad to get some advice from people. Because you're not the only one who's, who goes through these difficult times in your faith. Um, and there are many people that went through a crisis like that and still were able to find God again. Or maybe again, I should say, God was able to rejoin them. It may take a couple of years or decades, who knows. But you can only really uh, see what God did in these moments of crisis after the fact, afterwards, when you look back on the road you, 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 you journeyed, and then you will understand why in that time where you did not get any contact with God and you couldn't believe it anymore, he was actually right beside you. All right, just wanted to share that with you. Maybe, uh, maybe it helps. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? Oh, I'm so behind on my books. I This is already week four of the new year, and I was supposed to have read four books now, and I've only read one, <laughs> and it wasn't even a very good one. So I'm starting to worry, will I meet my goal? I don't want to get behind this early. In my challenge, I wanted to read one book every week, and I still don't do that. So I'm I'm st- I'm listening to a couple of books. I'm uh, still continuing the um, uh, Murderbot Diaries, All Systems Red, but I haven't finished it. It's been a week since I listened to that story. Um, I'm also reading uh, Atomic Habits. I haven't finished it, and then I started reading Neverwhere by uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, which is kind of a, a, a strange um, science fiction story. I think it's one of his first novels that he wrote uh, about a guy who uh, lives in London and then he enters into a, like an alternate version of London. I, I, it was on sale on um, on Amazon and I was like, hey, I need to... That's I like that premise. But again, I read like the first chapter and then I gave up on it. And I, I was reading... Uh, the third book of The Wheel of Time, and I also stopped reading that. I know exactly why that happened, by the way. It's because of the China documentary that took all my energy. And when I'm, when I'm working really, really hard, I also have a tendency to, to when I'm done working, I, I f- try to find the easiest way of, of relaxing. The, so it's watching TV, basically, or sleeping, but I don't. I cannot even push myself to to build Lego or play a video game. 
because I'm just exhausted. So hopefully now that the balance will come back in my life again, listen to this week's episode of The Walk. I'll tell you more about how I'm going to bring back that balance in my life. Uh, hopefully reading will also be back, but I really need to put some effort in it. So yeah, no updates here. Sorry. The scientifically wonderful world of science. What sort of science? Welcome back, science friends. Well, astronomy science, uh, I did not know this, but do, did you know that there's actually going to be another Mars rover landing in a couple of weeks from now? It's the Mars rover Perseverance. Love that name. Almost sounds like a name of a starship uh, in Star, Star Trek universe. The USS Perseverance. Um, so there's going to be another Mars rover, and this is going to be very cool, apparently, this is the first time that we're going to be able to watch video footage of the landing. This is a completely new concept. So it's a it's another one of those you know rovers like a little car that drives around on Mars with cameras and everything. This one has completely different instruments compared to the existing rovers on on Mars, but also the landing will be very different. This is kind of like a a big like. Mm, like a parachute. Of course, when you descend into the atmosphere, the speed is huge, and then you've got parachutes. But then the parachutes will will deploy, and there will be this kind of like overhanging structure that will then release the actual Land Rover. And so apparently the landing is going to be super soft. The cool thing is now they've mounted cameras on various parts of this of of these of this gear. So we'll be able to see the and of course there's going to be a delay and the first images are going to be super low resolution but we're still going to be able after a couple of days to watch this and hopefully of course everything will go well. This particular uh, rover is going to look for signs of life since we know that there was water on Mars. Uh, maybe it's going to find more indications that when there's water there is a chance that there was life on Mars. So that's cool. Um, and of course, everything has been upgraded. You always have to keep in mind that wh whatever we send into space usually works with hardware that is like <laughs> 20 years old. They do that because it's reliable. You will never put like the latest chips in a in a rocket or <laughs> because it's you, you, it has to be rock solid. There's it's this is so expensive. So a lot of these these uh, the current you know rovers on Mars. They're super old-fashioned. So every time you get a new one, you get upgraded qual image quality, etc. What is very cool about this new rover is that it actually also has a small helicopter that it can deploy. How amazing is that? I mean, if you've seen Wanda, WandaVision, uh, these drones... I was immediately thinking of that. How cool is it? This is almost like an alternate Earth, right? Mars. Uh, and, and having a little helicopter flying around there and taking pictures. Ah, it's so cool. I want to see that. I hope that they're going to be able to do some, some drone footage. Like, I want to see drone footage of Mars. How amazing is that? Anyway, I'm super excited. Speaking of WandaVision, small aside, for those of you that have stopped watching because it was too weird, these first two episodes... Oh my goodness! Go back and watch episode four. If you've if you've seen Infinity War and uh, the the what is it? The, anyway, the Avengers. 
You gotta watch this. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. It's absolutely fantastic what they do with WandaVision. So if you stopped watching, you gave up too early. Don't tell me I told you. I didn't tell you so. Anyway. Uh, so very cool. Um, a Mars rover landing on Mars. Uh, probably also color pictures and color video footage. I'm so excited. And I want to hear more about that helicopter. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. There's pretty cool uh, Apple rumors lately. Um, one of those rumors uh, was about the um, headset that apparently Apple is developing. We know that they have quite a few people, more than 100, working on AR and VR. Now, the more recent iPads and iPhones all have AR sensors, like the LiDAR technology that Apple bought. Um, so it can already integrate computer-generated graphics over the real world. This apparently is a key element of what Apple wants to develop for the future, where we will be able to wear glasses and have overlays over the world that we see. And this has been done before, and other companies are also developing this, but I think that this could be another huge leap forward in technology if Apple does it, because, well... They always know how to take existing ideas and technology and, and make it work for the masses. Now, apparently, they have planned a headset for 2022, so next year. The only th surprising thing is it's probably going to be mostly VR, so it's going to be a closed headset. Apparently, they're working on something that is much lighter than, for instance, the Oculus Quest. And it is self-powered, uh, which is interesting. I did not expect them to go self-powered right away the downside is it's going to be super expensive according to the people that have some inside knowledge or pretend they have uh, this is definitely going to be not going to be for the masses it's going to be a very very high cost set of glasses but then of course apple has done this in the past as well they develop like super expensive technology which then trickles down over time to more consumer grade and cheaper versions of the technology. I, for one, am super excited about what Apple is doing. You can already tell in their developer software uh, with their AR tools on the current mobile devices that they have been planning this for years. So I think that they know what they, they are doing. And the same is true about this other rumor that we heard a lot about, and that is Apple is actually planning on making cars in the future. Highly intelligent cars, probably also very expensive cars. <laughs> but uh, hey, if Tesla can uh, can make a ton of money, then Apple can certainly do that. And I'm sure that people would like to have a matching car that goes really well with the wristband of their nice, fancy Apple watch, right? Uh, <laughs> there is definitely a market for that, that sort of stuff. Um, and then there's a slightly less, you know interesting rumor but still interesting for me because i'm like still on the fence of uh, before i i want to i need probably need to buy another laptop uh my current laptop is from i think from 2011 
It's uh, really old, tiny, um, but apparently they're going to redesign the MacBook Pro. Now, the current M1 next-generation uh, laptops uh, get very, very good reviews, and they're selling extremely well, uh, so they're no longer running on Intel chips. But uh, Apple has done a tremendous job with their new generation of chips, and um, they're supposed to be extremely good for stuff that I do, like editing and rendering footage. I need something on the road, but I think that the current MacBook Air doesn't really cut it. I need a bigger screen. I also need a little bit more horsepower. Um, so I'm waiting for the next generation. Apparently, they're going to redesign the MacBook Pros, and this is exciting. Uh, not only are they going to be blazingly fast, but they are also going... Uh, I was going to say something, and I forget. They're going to be sh uh, lighter, Different, they're going to be design-wise, according to the rumors, more like the f current phone, so more square, not as rounded as the current generation. It's going to be super fast. What was I going to say? Uh, it was something else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna remedy something that has prevented me from buying a, another Apple laptop, and that's a lack of ports. They only have like one or two USB-C ports, and you have to, to buy these ugly dongles, which are like the half the size of, of, of a MacBook, in order to read an SD card. What kind of stupid stupidity is that? So according to these, these leakers, uh, the next MacBooks will have uh, an SD card. I am working with video. I need an SD reader. And no, I don't want to plug it into a dongle because I buy a laptop because I want to travel with it. So it needs to be lightweight. And if, if I need to buy all sorts of external gear in order to just do what I could do on a regular Windows laptop, it defeats the purpose. So, yeah, let's hope that Apple for once will do the right thing with, with ports and just... Give us what we need, not what Apple thinks or tells me that I need. I know what I need. I need more ports. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, if they're going to redesign the MacBook Pro, they're also going to redesign the iMacs. It's one of the oldest designs that they're still using. iMacs are beautiful, but they're really old. They have got this huge chin with the Apple logo. Apparently, that's going to disappear. Still no touchscreens on the iMac or on the, on the MacBook Pro. Pro, which is kind of weird, because now I have uh, this case for uh, this keyboard case for my um, for my iPad 12.9, and uh, at first I was a bit worried because it makes it like twice as heavy, but I couldn't live without it anymore. I use my iPad, my big iPad, as a laptop, and it is having that touchscreen in conjunction with a keyboard is for me the best of both worlds. I do so much on my iPad ever since I have that touchscreen plus a good keyboard. Um, I can't imagine ever using an iPad without it anymore. So yeah, it's a little bit heavy. That's the downside. So I wish that the the nice keyboard, the, I've got the Logitech uh, one, which is kind of heavy. And of course, you've got the Super Pro, I think it's like 400 bucks, the, the Apple version of that keyboard. That, of course, it would be slightly uh, easier to use and not as, not as heavy. But uh, still, even though it is heavy, I, I, I never take my iPad out of that casing anymore because it's so amazing. And I, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I need to start wrapping up things because uh, otherwise... Uh, 
my Sunday is going to be over. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're a patron, you know that you've got another episode to look forward to. And that's going to be Father Roderick to the max. And this week, I'm going to give you my uh, my recipe for chicory salad, which is uh, really low on calories and very tasty. I'm also going to give you some inside knowledge. Sometimes people ask me, how do you do this? What's your equipment? And I'm going to give you a little uh, inside information about equipment that I'm currently using and equipment that is on my wish list for this year and I learned a lot about lights cameras and lenses and I'm going to share it with you in Father Roderick to the max um, also I'm going to talk a little bit about Marvel Unlimited I'll explain a little bit about Ash Wednesday Liturgy I'll talk about my adventures in Minecraft and another game that I've been playing recently Cyberpunk 2077 that and more Father Roderick to the max for my patrons over at patreon.com slash Father Roderick. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. And I talk to you soon.